Let us pray together. As sheep listen for the voice of their shepherd, help us to hear your voice, O Lord, calling us to our truest and best selves, calling us into the community of the Beloved. For this we pray in our shepherd's name. Amen. Our first scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15, which is found on page 33 in your pew Bible. Listen for the word of the Lord to you. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 10, beginning with verse 11, found on page 97 in the New Testament of your pew Bible. Let us listen to God's word. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care. For the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I will bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once when I was pastor in another city, a couple in their middle years began to worship with us. And after a few weeks of their attendance, I called and made an appointment to visit with them in their home. When I arrived, the husband began to talk to me about the various community programs that our congregation sponsored. 
a free preschool to the children in that low-income neighborhood, an after-school tutoring program, a job preparation program for people who are unemployed, and others like that. He then said that he and his wife would like to join the church that he thought he could be of help to us. But he had one question. He wanted to know if he could skip the part about Jesus in the new member vows. He said that he was not really that religious. He just wanted to help. Well, I thanked him for his interest and for his willingness. I invited him to continue to worship with us, but I explained that we can't really skip the part about Jesus. He's the reason we are here. He is the reason we do what we do. None of this makes any sense at all without Jesus in the middle of us. Because this is not about our talent. It's not about our decision to fix the world or ourselves. This is about God's mercy in Christ Jesus helping us treat each other like family, God's family. This week in our Lenten study groups, as we look at the book, The Reason for God, the theme this week is pluralism. What is our place among world religions? Is Jesus the only way to God? What are we to say in the middle of such rich cultural and religious diversity in our larger community. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, Jesus is portrayed as the good shepherd who looks for the lost sheep, who cares for the sheep and keeps them safe in the dark, safe from the wolves and all that would harm them. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his willingness to come looking for us. A drowning person does not suddenly say, I'm tired of this, I think I will swim to the bank now. A drowning person looks to the lifeguard for help. A sheep lost in the thicket does not say, well, I've had enough of this, I think I'll go home. A sheep hopes the good shepherd will come and find it. It is our testimony that God has come looking for us in Jesus the Christ. We did not cook this up. We did not invent this. It is not our good looks or our special talents that have brought us into this place. It is God's mercy. It is the shepherd's personality to come looking for people when I was a young minister, first ordained, I used to study the sermons of Howard Thurman. Dr. Thurman was the dean of the chapel at Howard University in Washington, D.C. He was about 80 years old at that point. He had an amazing story. As a young child, poor and black in northern Florida, growing up under all the Jim Crow laws and segregation and an age when lynchings were not unusual. Everything his community did was designed to tell him that he was nobody and didn't matter. 
He managed to get out of there, go away to school. He entered seminary. He answered God's call. He got a PhD, became an author, a writer, a professor, a founder of congregations. And in one of my favorite sermons, he writes, This is the great discovery that at the heart of the universe there is a heart that beats with compassion for us. This is the great discovery that we make through Christ Jesus who brings us hope and help. God is for us and not against us. And the good shepherd comes looking for us. That is the message we lean on, the one we seek to share. We do not skip the part about Jesus, for without him there is not much to tell. The very first believers in the way of Jesus went out from Jerusalem. You remember that those disciples, when Jesus was arrested, all ran away, and when he was crucified, they hid themselves. But after his resurrection, he went and found them. Their lives were changed by the living presence of this Christ on the road. And they went in every direction to tell the story. They went to Egypt and India and Persia and Greece and Rome and Spain and lots of places in between. All of those places had religious traditions We would call them world religions that went back thousands of years. They had grand temples and scriptures and stories of the gods coming to visit people. I do not think those first evangelists went out and announced, All of you are mistaken. Thank goodness we have come to set you straight. We have finally figured out what is right with us and what is wrong with you, so sit down and let's have a talk. I don't believe they went out in that manner. Yes, Paul the Apostle did go to synagogues and debate the scriptures with people there, but debate is the normal way to have a conversation at a Jewish synagogue. And it was his goal to study the scriptures and to testify to the ways that he saw the scriptures point to Jesus as Messiah. But even more so, his goal was to live the path of Jesus in such a way that others would want to know more about it. In every age, people come to the way of Jesus because his followers make that way seem attractive, meaningful, important, true. The first disciples lived the way of Jesus. They did not just debate the opposition. They shared their possessions with those in need. They prayed for the enemy. They forgave one another. They sought to help people connect to the heart that is at the heart of the universe. And they did this in the middle of communities full of other religious traditions. In John 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by me, but 
by me. But it seems to me that too much ink has been spilled in arguing about the article the, the way, the truth, the life, and not enough time has been spent on the nouns, way, truth, life. The earliest Christian movement was called people of the way, people who live that way, people who are on the way of Jesus. Jesus who blessed the children, who touched lepers, who healed the sick, who prayed for his enemies, who laid down his life for his friends, the people who act like that. That was the way they sought to live, and it was very different from the caste system of ancient Rome, different from the kosher laws of Judaism, different from the heady philosophy of Greece. They were people on the way, not people with all the answers. They lived a new truth. Jesus gives us the truth about who God is, the truth about forgiveness, the truth about a love that will not let us go. This is more the truth of a marriage vow than the truth of a contract clause. It is our testimony that in Jesus we get the clearest glimpse of the face of God the truest sense of who God is. It is not that we have all the answers, but we have a glimpse of who God is. Way, truth, and life, as in this is the life. Life eternal begins here and now. This is how we want to live with each other. All the way to heaven is heaven. We have encountered a life that death cannot stop. And in a community where too many people move around dead on their feet. This is an encounter, an experience, a source of living water that wells up and renews and quenches our deepest thirst. This is not our doing. It is God's gift. This is the path to our Abba who art in heaven. It is the gospel writer John's testimony that Jesus is the one who has come to find us and the good shepherd who will see us all the way home. The gospel writer John also has this very strange sentence there in chapter 10. Jesus says, other sheep I have who are not of this fold. There's a difference between testifying to something that is really good in my life, something that has come to me, a difference between that and saying, all the rest of you are wrong. Other sheep I have who are not of this fold. We remember that Jesus told repeated parables about people who were sure they were God's favorites. And in all those parables, they end up being left outside the door while the least and the last and the lost 
come in to the party. Other sheep I have who are not of this fold. Jesus has no patience for religion as self-centered assurance that I'm right and you are not. God knows we do not. John Calvin, reformer and founder of the Presbyterian way of being Christian, was incredibly clear that only God knows who is in and who is out. Jesus is the way to the kingdom, but God is in charge of that kingdom, not us. Jesus in John's gospel says, other sheep I have. And since I don't know what that means exactly, I had better tread very carefully. Because God is a whole lot bigger than anything I can imagine or describe. I taught world religions for eight years at Queens College in Charlotte. In the course, I did sections on Judaism and Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, Taoism, and the archaic religions of indigenous people. I loved it. For in every religious tradition, there is something of value. Each one has some insight to what is true about our human condition. In every tradition, there is a longing for something that we know is beyond our reach. I still read writers from other religious paths from time to time. It enriches me. It is a part of being open to the mystery of God. It is part of knowing that God is a whole lot more than we can explain. Other sheep God has who are not of this fold. Yet Jesus is the clearest glimpse we have of who God is and what God asks of us. That is our story. That Jesus found us. And he is the one we are counting on. That is the way, truth, and life that we seek to live together. Thanks to our good shepherd.